Hey guys, welcome back. This is Danielle with the 40 something and interning podcast. This week, I have a dietetic student that I've known since 2015. So she has a very interesting. Uh, some of my hobbies are cooking. I love food. So I definitely am a foodie. Um, I like to. On a project, right? From your school. So bring us up to like. Food service environment, hospitality environment. Oh, my grandmother ensured that I was well-rounded. I knew how to cook. I knew how to wash pots. <laughs> I knew how to, <laughs> you know, serve tables and stuff like that. So, um, I, you know, my relationship with food and service was just always, always there. Um, mm-hmm. When it came to actual nutrition and stuff like that, my interest in nutrition really peaked when I graduated basic military training mm-hmm. and I came home and Believe it or not, I had gained weight <laughs> from um, being at military training. It was so absurd to me, like having had such a well-rounded diet my majority of my life, you know, having a relatively active lifestyle. I had, you know, extracurricular aside from just my day-to-day activity. I was just really, I was really shocked that, you know, after military training, I had put on this extra weight and I decided, you know, obviously I need to figure out how to lose this weight. And I really like reached back to the lifestyle that I lived when I was younger with my grandparents, you know, taking more time to like prep my foods, cook my meals, ensure that I was, um, you know, working out and just the whole nutrition fitness combination. And mm-hmm. once I once I got into it, I was like, you know, I really enjoy this. You know, I really enjoy, you know, the cooking and the the fitness relationship and I wanted to know more about it like you know how can I do this or you know who does this and stuff like that and you know I found out about nutritionists and this is obviously before I found out about dietitians so that was really my first segue into the nutrition and dietetics world just trying to approach my own weight loss um yeah yeah that's real so what do you think do you think it was like a stressful environment that caused that shift um actually no so interest um interesting enough um when I graduated basic training I was easily in you know one of the better shapes in my life probably the best mm-hmm. one of the best um <laughs> and then I transitioned to my actual job training so okay. my job training lasted about six seven months and um the Air Force is notorious for feeding their troops better than regular branches. Mm. So for breakfast, lunch, and dinner at our, our cafeteria, we had like multiple stations. We had different cuisine, like, you know, you had German, now you had Japanese, and you could get a fresh grilled steak. And it was just like, you know, this is my really? first time. I, yes. <laughs> you know, people don't picture this with the military. And I was just eating up a storm, you know. Obviously, I'm still working out and stuff like that. But however, obviously, my calories in versus my calories out right. is not equaling. And six <laughs> to seven months of that, I remember I came home and my mom was like, <laughs> you know, my <laughs> uniform was really tight. And it, it was it was really, it was shocking, you know. It was shocking for me because, again, at the time I was, I, I joined the military in 1920. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 20 years old, 
I wasn't really looking at what I was eating. You know, I right, yeah. I never had any mm-hmm. significant amount of weight on me my entire life. So to come back and have, you know, like stuff fitting close and, you know, breathing a little harder <laughs> walk was just really absurd to me. So as I said, it it was like three meals a day. And believe it or not, I wasn't used to having like three full meals a day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it was, you know, a snack or, you know, um, Caribbean culture. Sometimes we often have a bigger breakfast and maybe, a, you know, something light or for lunch and then dinner. But it was, you know, you were active enough to wear things balanced out. And that was definitely not the case <laughs> where I was at. <laughs> I cannot picture that at all. But my, I remember my father was in the army, like all my uncles were in the army, I think. And my dad was like, yeah, you know, if you decide you're going to go to the military, I would want you to go to the Air Force because I think you'd be treated better there. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not interested, Absolutely. I don't think. <laughs> but- Believe it or not, that is a real concept of, you know, just how, you know, we are treated and we are fed a lot. Both the Air Force and the Navy were notorious okay. for fine dining <laughs> experiences. Is there, any, is there a particular reason for that? I honestly think, like, the Army and the, what are they called? The Marines, um, being ground troops and stuff like that are more involved in combat and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that the Marine, um, the, the Air Force and the Navy do not engage not, as right. well, but um, we tend not to be at the scene of war, you know. Okay. Um, and with that being said, there's a higher, like, you have to test higher to be in those, in those branches. So unfortunately, there is a little hierarchy that goes oh, on, you okay. know, uh, when it comes to the branches and... Um, what I know about the army, their job is not to be comfortable okay. <laughs> at all. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> you it. know, wow. and the Air mm-hmm. Force kind of, as I said, they, they definitely do take better care of their troops and, you know, overall, just from dining to, you know, work environments. And it is still the military at the end of the day, but yes, yes. I, you will hear people say, you know, join the Air Force if you can, which we sometimes we're mocked and called the chair force. you know wow allegedly we don't do anything (laughs) but um, listen I appreciate you and thank you for your service I don't care what branch anybody (laughs) is that I appreciate you all so thank you no problem (laughs) yeah so so once I found out as I said the first position I really found out about was um nutritionist at the time I was focused on the culinary aspect of nutrition and I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I want to go to culinary school because I want to cook for people and, you know, do all of this wonderful stuff. I spent one semester in culinary (laughs) and I was (laughs) like, that was it. (laughs) No way. And that's Um, okay. It it, it wasn't for me. And a part of that might be the trauma of having grown up in a restaurant family. (laughs) I was going to ask. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, I, I do remember actually one, one defining moment in my culinary experience, um, my, um, the chef, the head chef of the class, the instructor, um, complained that I didn't put enough, um, salt in my -hmm. dish. And I was like, well, more salt will increase people's blood pressure and stuff. And he was like, I don't care about that. The food (laughs) tastes good. 
And I was pretty certain after that that I didn't want to participate in this. Wow. <laughs> like salt, the food needs flavor and, and, you know, and stuff like that. So that was really, those were, I would say that was like a milestone moment for me to say, okay, I'm how, how I'm looking at nutrition and how interested I am, you know, I guess shaping the direction mm-hmm. that I wanted to go in. I ended up speaking to my advisor. Um, I had a veterans advisor at, um, the school I was going to. And it so happened that his wife was a registered dietitian. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I can connect with you, connect her with you. And um, you guys can, um, you know, she can tell you more about the career. Okay. So that was the very first person I met. She was a registered dietitian at a local community health center. And I orchestrated, well, we, we managed to organize um, a job shadow, a day okay, shadow. Nice. And um, I was able to see what she did and see how she interacted with patients. And I was like, you know, I took it all in and I was like, hmm, this is, you know, I'm liking this. This is interesting mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Then she actually, you know, I did ask her about more opportunities to, you know, really explore more in the field. And she um, aligned me with UConn Extension. Okay. So she put me in contact with UConn's Extension. And I was able, and from there, I ended up meeting their outreach, outreach educator, um, mm-hmm. who I continue to work with up to this day. So Heather Pease, anyone who knows her, thank you so much for all the influence. <laughs> hey, Heather. I know. She's a wonderful <laughs> outreach educator um with her I was able to do a lot with um the community I was in the high school I was at job corps teaching you know like helping kids um grow their own vegetables fruits I was dealing with um immigrants teaching them how to understand their SNAP and EBT benefits and how to utilize that Mm -hmm. to make balanced meals in the high school teaching young parents how to properly feed their children their babies their their toddlers and so I just had a wide variety of experiences through the outreach that again continued to open up the world of nutrition and then there was you (laughs) At Wick, yes. So I, how'd you get there? I am honestly trying to remember how mm. I heard about Wick. But 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 wasn't it one of your professors at Gateway? No, I wasn't at Gateway yet. Actually, maybe oh. I I think it was the registered dietitian at the community health center. In talking okay. to her, um, she did encourage me to look at Wick as well. And I just remember time, a phone call. <laughs> yes, I I was. At the time, I was um, apologize to them, but good for you. <laughs> so what happened? I was after also that? super. I was <laughs> super excited to meet you as well because you were the first in-person black woman I met in the nutrition field, and it was just like really here. Yes, you were. Wow. I knew one other diet. I knew one dietitian, but she was in California, and I knew her via social media, and we had mm. connected like that. But to actually mm-hmm. meet someone in person. Like both of you guys were my unicorns. <laughs> like oh was, man! And that really helped tie me to the field as well because 
you know, then I I was being exposed to, okay, there's diversity here, you know, and not that that really per se of course, heavily yeah, yeah. deterred me, but it, it did solidify the connection that I, I had with the field to say, okay, I see people like myself, you know, in these positions. So it was like that my, my, in, my inner me was just so excited and grateful that like, oh, yes. Listen, <laughs> so I already I already wrote that down because I'm using that quote <laughs> marketing <laughs> material because I'm like yeah I'm a unicorn absolutely so, so thank okay. you for being there oh gosh of course I mean we've maintained contact over the years and and I'm appreciative of that because I'm enjoying watching you like how things kind of evolve for you mm-hmm. and so please continue the story Thank you so much. Of course. Um, there was also one other dietitian that I met that influenced me as well. And I met her. Um, do you remember when ShopRite used to be in West Hartford? I know they closed yep. that one down. I didn't I know went, they closed I, it, but yeah. They did. I used to shop there and they had an in-store dietitian with the supermarket when they were doing their product testing. I so, remember that. Yeah. I think I remember seeing that you doing that on IG exactly yep she she did that I think I did like two or three events with her with that and that was that was so much fun you know just being able to you know talk with other companies other brands get to learn all these interesting brands speak to customers when they came in you know and tell them about you know all these healthy foods or you know products that they can add to their shopping carts and it was just the platform that she gave me right there was yeah. just really you know I'm definitely appreciative of it and as I said they closed that shop right down and she moved to I believe Cant- Canton and so I believe that's where she is right now and I did one event with her over in Canton um which is an entirely different demographic of people yes but, um, <laughs> yes it is <laughs> and, you know I I'm definitely very grateful for that opportunity so you know really the four of you Heather Pease, Shannon Griffin, yourself, and I'm so sad that I can't remember her name, but she knows herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you're okay. You guys We're really are the pillars. Exactly. So one thing I want to say is that you really are a self-starter because some other people would kind of sit back and wait for things, but you really started investigating and researching and you um, sought out experiences and conversations to really solidify the the trajectory or direction that you want to take and I think that's awesome and so is the next step about you getting that role that you reached out for I think I with all those experiences under my belt I had built up enough courage to say okay I want to pursue this academically you know, okay. like mm-hmm. I will, I, I've seen, not seen enough, but I've seen a considerable amount. And I was like, I really love doing this. And it, you know, it felt great. And a part of that too, was I used to work overnights and I would work volunteer, volunteer with these different people during the day. Mm-hmm. So I okay. was, you know, like losing sleep. So I encourage any student who's out there listening, volunteer your time, you know, paid or unpaid, it's the it's the it's the wealth of knowledge that you'll you'll walk away with, and that's something that you know. Volunteering is where it's at. I promise nice. you, you'll never regret volunteering. You'll learn something. You'll always learn something. 
So um, when it came to um, going back to school, at this point, um, I was a little older, I guess. I had tried college before, but I wasn't really you know fo- um per se focused. ready for um, it yeah ready focus. exactly ready for it in 2018 so i'd gotten accepted in 2018 then go mm-hmm. and then 2019 for fall 2019 i decided to apply again <laughs> got okay. accepted and i was like i want to do this you know i i felt highly like really compelled to be a part of this that this professional world and um, I wanted, you know, I wanted to go through the proper education to be present there. You know, when it comes to food and health and stuff like that, it's a very controversial area. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have that added confidence of knowing that, okay, I completed, a, you know, a series of education to be able to even, you know, talk to people about certain stuff. Yeah, something else I want to highlight it. But yeah. I feel you when you said like, all right, so I applied, I got in, but then I was chickened out. And like, you know, when you're ready and you're not ready, you know, mm-hmm. and that's okay. It doesn't matter what age you are when you do that, which is why I think sometimes it's tricky for those that are younger, 17, 18, you're starting college and you don't even know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So you're not focused. You're very like wasting money because- <laughs> seriously like you don't you don't know what Absolutely. you want to do and so to have some time to live a little you know and experience different things and figure out where your interests really are then mm-hmm. when you go back and you're really ready like you're really ready to engage and immerse yourself and take it seriously you know and that's what Nothing I hear when you. when you're speaking yeah no, absolutely. And that's exactly, that is exactly what it was because as I said, 2019, I applied again, I got accepted. And at that point I was at my postal job for six years mm-hmm. and I was going through like a lot of ultimatum moments in my life. I was like, if I want to, if I want to leave this job, I need to leave now. Cause I'm under 10 years. You know, if this, if nutrition is really what I want to do, Like, I need to, you know, take this seriously. And it was to the point where people would ask me, you know, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And I would be like, what do I do for money? And what do I actually love doing? And I literally would tell them, I love being in the, you know, community, you know, talking to people, talking about food. And this is what pays my bills over here, you know? Yeah. And that's literally what what it was for me. And a combination of experiences through that year, I said before before I, I, I started school, just kind of let me know that, hey, this is what you want to do. You're um, super passionate about it. And on a side note, I've actually tried not to participate in anything dietetic, nutrition related. And what? I just feel like I've, I had so much, how to say, imposter syndrome at one point where I was like, this isn't for me. I'm not good at it. And opportunities would just show them show up or like I would just get so guided back to it and I was like there's it would be frustrating because I was like I'm really not good at this (laughs) and then yeah see nothing else would work and every time I committed to like doing something nutrition or dietetics related it just made sense Mm -hmm. and so as I said I applied for school and um I ended up um, resigning from my job before the semester started 
don't recommend necessarily doing <laughs> taking that path but that was a path I chose and I had made up my mind I was like I'm going to school I'm going to this program I don't care what happens in life that's my priority because I'm doing this because of this you know and I was like I want I want this this degree I want this education mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. in this field so um as you know I go to Gateway which is a two-year um nutrition and dietetic technician program um mm-hmm. also known as the NDTR um a part of the reason that I chose this program versus a four-year program I wanted to gauge my dedication as like if I can do two years complete this program graduate credential you know that will give me the little momentum boost I need for four years because I'd already tried four years and the burnout was the burnout and lack of interest was real (laughs) and that's fair that's fair so I I was like you know two years what do I have to lose just go in give it what you got get that degree you get yeah and I mean Again, we had uh, a young lady on before who was going for her NDTR as well. And in her view, <clears throat> it was about like, let me go in here and let me get the credential. In her eyes, she was looking at more of an entrepreneur path. And even if she decided that she didn't want to go for the RDN credential, she knew that there were options and a lane for her with that credential. But if she did decide that she wanted to go for the and she already has a leg up because she has the ND um, TR credential. Is that your thought? So she actually knew more than me. I I knew more about becoming an RD than I knew about an NDTR. I was I really looked at the NDTR as okay, this is like half of my requirements. You know, mm-hmm. I I wasn't. I actually did not know anything. <laughs> Other than this was a two, as I said, I looked at it as a two year stretch out of four years mm-hmm. that I was going to be taking nutrition classes. Um, based on my experiences, I did know I came into the program knowing I loved community already. I love talking to people, you know, help assisting low income people specifically, anything in the community. Um, mm-hmm. I knew that that was my passion and that's what I wanted to do. And nobody else in that program was going to tell me otherwise. <laughs> So that was the confidence that I walked in with. See? Yep. Oh. And and it'll always bring you back. <laughs> well. So um starting the program, my first semester, um, I was, you know, bright eyed, just <laughs> ready and I was a sponge, just ready to absorb everything. And I'm so grateful for that semester. I have the most amazing program director who, when I met with her, sat down and we just talked about, you know, my past experiences, where I wanted to go with in the, you know, the nutrition field and stuff like that. She was just phenomenal um, in really just guiding me, you know, the mentorship, the, it happened like day one, you know, just Mm -hmm. taking me under your wing. Um, my program director is a registered dietitian, and the majority of my professors are um, RDs. And it, the whole program has just been, you know, amazing at how, you know, they welcome you into this field and just really take that time and attention to cultivate mm-hmm. our minds to, to, you know, get ready for this, for this um, profession. Mm-hmm. So here I am now, you know, to basically at the end of it and I can say like the path was not linear 
it was yep, not, yep. you know, I really thought I was going to come into this program, bam, 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 semester after semester, knock out these classes, move on to the next four years and just ace this bachelor's and, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be out doing the Lord's work. <laughs> so interesting <laughs> enough, um, if you do decide that you want to continue on to go ahead, get that bachelor's and do the Lord's work, <laughs> that the RDN will require a master's degree at that time. What do you think about that? So I have definitely taken that into consideration. Um, after my first semester, I became aware of that, you know, changing expectation. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I had done my math and I was like, well, if I leave this program in two years and I take my full-time classes, I will be able to, you know, just barely make it <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'll be good. You know, that's imagining that nothing else would happen aside from me going to school. Cause that was where my mindset was at. Okay. That did not happen mm-hmm. as a result. Now I will not meet that requirement. And mm-hmm. it has definitely changed the direction which I would like to go. Okay. So, um, as I said, I'm completing the the dietetic technician program this May, and I know they have they've started the combined programs, the combined yes. masters programs where like the coordinated can, programs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I took a little bit to think about that, and I decided that I didn't want three degrees in nutrition. Okay. So um, I have decided that I'm actually, upon completion of this associates um, in nutrition and dietetics, I want to get my bachelor's in public health. Okay. And then for my master's, I'm still on the fence about whether I'm actually going to pursue the RD credential. That, it being a little ways away, but I, mm-hmm. I think that with the NDTR, I will be taking the NDTR exam and getting that credential under my belt. And mm-hmm. I think the career paths that I'm looking at right now, um, I've had, as you, as you, as I've spoken about, you know, a number of experiences in the nutrition field. Um, and my most recent experience, plus my um, internship, mm-hmm. has really opened my eyes to, you know, what specifically I want to do in this field. I, well, starting with my internship, uh, for those who don't know, the NDTRs, um, we do our clinical rotation, our community rotation, and food service is split between long-term care as well as school food service. Mm-hmm. Um, during my rotation, my I knew I was going to love community already. That was a no-brainer. However, my interest in school food service has peaked. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that has thrown a little bit of a curve in where I thought I was going to be, but it is something that I am, you know, I'm very interested in and um, I'm looking to explore, um, especially because my current role. So I am in a grant funded position with UConn Extension right now, uh, outreach project educator in Northeastern Connecticut for the far- um, Northeastern Farms. So that portion of the state is known as the last green Valley. Um, And it is, you know, I say there's a large number of farms there. Family, a lot of them are um, 
family run and stuff like that. And my job there really is um, working with the farmers to create a, you know, create a platform where people in the community, not just in the community, but surrounding towns, you know, are aware of things like CSAs and, you know, farmers markets and, you know, they can buy their foods locally there. Mm -hmm. So that position I've been doing for a little over six months and it has, you know, opened me up to, um, food, food system management. Um, it has, um, opened me, it has connected with my interest in, um, school food service in terms of like put local on your tray programs, mm-hmm. food core and different things like that. So I, I've done a bit of networking, but I've seen a lot of my passions overlapping or my areas mm-hmm. of interest overlapping in talking with, you know, coworkers, mentors, people in these positions where I'm interested, I've begun to see where the RD credential would be nice Mm-hmm. But I can see the skills that I've acquired as an NDTR can also get me to the same to the same positions that, you know, I might mm-hmm. desire. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, saying it, it, I'm also looking at working like in the USDA environment, kind of. Um, so it's still kind of open, but that's just where my mind has shifted as a result yeah. of those experiences and stuff. But that's what's required, like those experiences for you to figure it out, because there's so many roads that you could take to get you where you want to go. What I was going to say is like, I'm currently in my food service management rotation and it's in school nutrition. So when you started talking about it, I was like, "Mm, this is rough out here right now. They don't have (laughs) enough people anywhere. (laughs) I'm like busting my behind out here right now. Mm -hmm. But that is also quite an opportunity because there are so many openings and not just that there's a lot of retiring coming up like in the next couple of years so if you network and Mm -hmm. rub elbows and put yourself in the right positioning you're right there there is so many there are so many opportunities that can be created it's all about timing i think Absolutely. I mean, I'm also like looking at, you know, like with the school for food service, one thing that excited me about it too, is that having been raised outside the country, my mm-hmm. first time in an American school kitchen was in my internship. I had no idea how that worked. And What'd you I think was, about that? It, there's a significant difference in terms of, you know, the restrictions, centralized, decentralized kitchens, mm-hmm. you know, the options that students have and it's it's interesting and I you know I'm really looking forward to like learning more um you know understanding the policies and just how we got here you know mm-hmm. as I said coming from going to school outside the country where you know honestly the only person I knew growing up with an allergy was my grandmother who she has a shellfish allergy mm-hmm. ironically she owns a seafood restaurant <laughs> and she cooks it and she can taste the gravy but if she consumes it you know in its entirety mm-hmm. she probably mm-hmm. will pass away <laughs> wow yeah. and that was the only person I knew who had an allergy until I you know I moved back to I moved to Connecticut <laughs> and it was like okay there's it's everywhere allergies. you know I was like wow mm-hmm. you know yeah. so 
seeing that then inside the school system now, you know, where, okay, the, all, these students have allergies and um, we can't have these products in the school, you know, okay, we're trying we're, the attempts to, you know, get kids to eat healthier. And it was just like, wow, yeah. there's a lot going on here. <laughs> there is. And so I was talking to my preceptor today. Um, she and because there was a, a concern about one of the kids having a dairy allergy. And so we spotted him drinking some chocolate milk that he took from another kid today. And she ended up making an appearance at the school. And I was just reviewing the list of kids with allergies in the school system. Like it's hundreds of kids. Like it's really something, you know, that you really have to be knowledgeable about and understand that you have to be accommodating to it if, if you want to, you know, do right by the kids. Exactly. But what's also funny is as I was cashiering, the kids would come through and because of the certain program um, that the school system is under right now, like the kids have to take a fruit or a vegetable or whatever, you know, they have to make that selection. Mm -hmm. And the kids come through and they'll tell you like, oh, I'm allergic to this or I'm allergic to that. Or today the young lady was like, oh no, I can't take the strawberries because my sister has an allergy. And it's like, what? These, and these kids were like third grade. It was really, really, I felt like proud and impressed <laughs> with these kids. So anyway, I could talk about that all day. <laughs> no, it's, so, it's definitely a world school food service. It's really, it's a lot to it. So I, you answered so many questions that <laughs> I was going to ask you, like you just knocked them out. So <laughs> I, I guess I'm skipping over a number of them, but <laughs> my question to you at this point is how do you want to shake up nutrition and dietetics? Um, so that too has changed over the years from wanting to change the world to then wanting to change the people who want to be changed by, you know, my influence, mm. you know, my presence. Um, that was just a, a transition, a mindset transition, you know, you can't save people who don't want to be saved or, you know, saving is a bit extreme, but, you know, mm -hmm. when people are ready for something, then they'll be open and available to that. And those who are ready will gravitate towards you. And those who mm -hmm. aren't, they'll let you know that they're not ready. Yeah. Or they're not interested. So, but that's like that readiness for change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, and I think that's the most organic way to do it you know, especially as nutrition professionals, because food, I, I love food relationships. And I feel like, you know, they're so delicate because, you know, what we eat, everyone's sensitive. The moment you start talking about what they're eating, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you know, and it's like my desire for, you know, my intentions being a part of the nutrition and dietetics world is just like, I want to encourage anyone who's willing and open to be encouraged by me, you know, just to have healthy food relationships, you know, to, to love food and the power of food and how it makes you feel and how you nourish your body. And I just want in everything that I do moving forward to be able to inspire as many people, you know, to have, to really just get that education and understanding of their relationship with food and improve that, you know, that food is a, 
it's a feeling, you know, when you, when you feed yourself well, um, the tried and true statement is usually, you know, eat good, feel good. And that's a, Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a real thing, you know, and I'm looking forward to, um, seeing the different ways. I don't think it'll be one way that I really express that, but um, I'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to being in the community, whether that's through um, programs that I design, um, you know, I I come up with that I don't want to limit to just Connecticut. I'm hoping Mm -hmm. to have that be nationwide, something, a, a blueprint that I can, you know, bring around the country and just impact people in a way that's unique to them to really just look at how they take care of their bodies, how they feed themselves and, you know, whatever that looks like their individual relationship with food, just make that more positive, you know, Mm -hmm. and a good experience. Yeah. I love talking about food. I love eating food. And I think that everybody should. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. No, that was, that's awesome. And I can see you doing it too. You know, it's, there really are no limits. And people take food so personally. Um, I did like um, that you said, like, I love food relationships and how people get kind of, it's either sensitive or like you, when you start talking about it, like people come closer because they're like, well, how is she analyzing me? Or do you think about this or that? Or, you know, it's it's always a fun conversation, a delicate one at times, but a fun conversation. No, I, think I do hope to like just you know, in a sense like master the psychology of food because as much as we are you know nutrition professionals and we're here to help people at different you know stages of life with their nutrition related problems you know understanding how much of how much intentionality goes behind you know how you feed yourself and you know what that process looks like to different people and you know just being able to find something that's relevant to the the um the client the patient the individual that i meet um to allow them to have that positive relationship with food what advice would you give to nutrition and dietetic students that are looking to you know to explore their own path so first thing um i would say is be open to change um what you think you may know about nutrition now and even if you think you've done all the research in the world you're gonna always find a new area as as you said before the possibilities like this is a profession where you can you can take it in so many different directions. My first semester, I was just mind blown at the different <laughs> positions that as a dietetic professional, you know, like I was like, I had no idea that Frito-Lay had a dietitian, you know, mm-hmm. like you're into sciencey stuff, whether you're into, you know, the community, whether you're into clinical, like there's so many avenues and those are just the top three, you know, like food service, clinical community that, you know, we know, but when you break those down, there's so many avenues that it's just, you, you have so many options to be yourself, to really identify your piece and be present in that. So being open to change, like, because as you learn, the world just gets wider and 
wider, you know, for opportunity. Yeah, it's um, like the tip of the iceberg. Exactly. Um, also, I would say one semester at a time. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. <laughs> you know, focus on the semester at hand. You're one semester closer after, you know, the time's going to pass regardless. So start and take it one semester at a time, whether you're 18 or you're 40 something, mm-hmm. <laughs> the time will pass. So, you know, obviously have your goals in mind to keep you motivated, but just as I said, one semester at a time, that is the most peaceful way to really think of the big picture for me at least I like that network professionally you know and everything isn't a monetary advantage but if you find yourself truly dedicated to this field you know you talk with people and it isn't just limited to people in the nutrition world it's people who work alongside the nutrition world I've had many conversations even actually up to last night I, you know, went out to happy hour and this random lady, (laughs) (laughs) this random lady started talking to me and she asked me what I was in school for. And she's in, she's working in um, community development. And we were talking about policies and about working with nonprofits. And it was Mm -hmm. so, it was so random, but so relevant at the moment because she was telling me, you know, one thing I want you to know is that don't be afraid to, you know, negotiate your value or ask for more, even though we are working in um, oftentimes like a, a service-based industry, especially for me and community where, mm-hmm. you know, most times that, you know, it's not as profitable as working in corporate or in the clinical sector and stuff like that. You know, she's like, don't be afraid to move around. Don't be afraid to ask for more just because you're in these positions. You know, you can be well paid and you have a lot to offer. So don't, you know, sell yourself short and stuff like that. So having those connections and people know your name, people remember your face and you never know Mm -hmm. who knows who. And it's so mind blowing when those connections overlap. And as I said, like working at UConn Extension, and meeting the lady who does put local on your tray and she actually works right alongside with my school food service preceptor and you know just the opportunities that will just present themselves because you know you took the time to talk to people or even if you vol- you know you volunteer 8 hours or something tell you know talk tell people your story and learn and listen from others like it's such a fun community and people are always excited to hear, you know, you're into nutrition, you you have a cause, you have goals and dreams, and people will just come to you, literally, mm-hmm. as I said, randomly at happy hour. <laughs> and See, make those it can happen anywhere, anywhere. Exactly. You know, so it's like, those, those are my, 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 my top tips, as I said, to students and interns. And nutrition is something I believe that only those who are truly like passionate about it stay mm-hmm. here because I'm just excited. I I don't think since I started school, my excitement has gone down. Sometimes I've just mm-hmm. been a little confused on my direction. Mm-hmm. But I found clarity with mentors. I found clarity with other professionals, students. And, you know, lean into whatever support system you think you need at the time for the clarity because mm-hmm. it happens, you know? No, you gave some awesome, the more you talk, 
like <laughs> the more I'm writing down like it's really good I'm the type of person that you know every day is not going to be sunshine you know some mm-hmm. days are going to be hard and 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 tricky and you know weighing on you but I always believe in having some type of motivational quote around me that I could just look at quickly and and know that take it one day at a time (laughs) and this time will pass and you will get through this and you know just continue to do what you enjoy doing so Zay thank you so much for coming on I had to chase you down but I got you <laughs> you, did, yeah. you did yeah I was like no 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 we're gonna do this so if anybody in our audience would like to find you to you know talk to you network with you ask questions about your your journey from the military to mm. whatever is next <laughs> how can they reach you any social media accounts LinkedIn any of those things so I am on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me at my name, Zainab James, um, as well as you can follow me on Instagram. Um, you can find me via my name as well as Zainab James. I do have a um, sort of professional platform called Soul Fed Intentions. Okay. Um, haven't posted in a while, but you can definitely check me via that page. Um, I will be present again <laughs> soon. <laughs> <laughs> And or you could just email me and I'm always definitely down to chat um, and share my journey. And I love building community, um, hearing just everybody's different avenues that they're taking, because there's so much, so much opportunity in this field. I'm ready and available to talk. Very nice. And I will list all of that in the show notes. So don't worry if you didn't catch it. So my final question, Zay, is if there's anything that I haven't asked you or anything that you want to raise or highlight to the 40-something and interning audience. (laughs) Stay true to it, you know, see yourself, speak that positivity, that confidence into yourself. As you said, not every day is going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I did actually after my first semester, I wrote my name with my credentials and I placed it on my fridge and it's still there. That's right. <laughs> you know, and it, you have, you see it, I wake up, I see it and it's, it reminds me to stay the course, you know, no matter mm-hmm. who's in your air, you know, telling you, oh, you could do something different, you know, don't give up. If this is what you love, stick with what you love because then it's not work. <laughs> you love it. Yeah. You know? The passion Listen. will fuel you. Uh, see, I'm writing. I'm writing. The passion <laughs> will fuel you. Literally. Let's go. And you're going to have to send me the picture of that on your refrigerator. I will. Thank I will. Thank you very much. <laughs> I said, my very first semester, I wrote that. And, you know, it's a reminder. Where it's like, come too far to stop now. That's right. That's right. Okay, Zay, again, thank you for coming on and being a part of the show and sharing um, your story. And for you guys out there, I'll see you next week.